Patrick and Ruth Schwank, and we are so thrilled you are listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, today we are continuing the conversation on suffering and what to say to your friend who is facing cancer. You know, we know how hard this can be, and we want to help. So let's get started. On today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are talking about what to say to your friend or your loved one who is facing cancer. Like we've said, we all face trials, hardships, and suffering, but there are many times we are so overwhelmed by our circumstances that we can't see the path forward. So today we want to help you help the one you love who is suffering. And as we've mentioned over the last few weeks, our brand new book, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake, Trusting the God Who Meets Us in Our Storm, releases September 8th. And one of the things we talk about specifically in the book is that in suffering, we desperately need one another. But what does that really look like? And I know there's a lot of us that would wonder, how do we even do that? The truth is it can be so hard to enter into someone else's suffering. All of us tend to either move towards suffering or away from it because it's challenging. It's challenging to know what to do and certainly challenging to know what to say to someone who is facing sickness. Now, honey, I know, um, and some of our listeners might not know, uh, that you have firsthand experience with this. So I thought really how great to have you here to really talk about what was helpful to you, what you really needed people to say to you in your experience with cancer. So I don't know, maybe you should share a little bit of what your experience was for those that don't know what you've been through. Yeah. So in January, 2018, I was diagnosed with a type of blood cancer and went through about five months of frontline treatment to drive the cancer as deep as they could and had two stem cell transplants. And, you know, currently there's no trace or visible trace of cancer in my body. And so um, we just thank God for that. Yes. And, and we, you know, I, I, I think back to that day of the diagnosis and just some mm -hmm. of the phone calls I had to make um, and some of the things that people said. And then as the weeks went on, as we shared that, with other people as we posted on social media, as we, you know, of course, shared it with our, our church family, and just all of the different things that people said or even didn't say. And so um, it was just really interesting walking through that going, oh, wow, like, I wish I could go back and redo some of the conversations I had as a friend or as a family member, or even mm -hmm. as a pastor, when people told me uh, the news about, you know, whether it was cancer or some other tragic event in their life. I think it's just really, really hard sometimes to know what to say. And you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I think most people, they're either, I mean, people either move towards your suffering or away from it. And the reality right. is moving towards somebody's suffering is really, really scary. It's intimidating and it's costly to enter into mm -hmm. somebody's suffering. And so sometimes it's easier just to meet somebody's tragic news with silence or, or to sort mm -hmm. of drift away. 
And so um, with that said, there were so many great things that people said and did for us in those early days and weeks. Right. Yeah. And I, well, I, but I think and some really sh- silly things. Right. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think let's start with the not so great things <laughs> so that we can end on a high note. Um, but I feel like it's helpful for us to just be honest and say, here's some of the things that people said or, you know, or didn't say that were really hard to take. Yeah, I mean, I, there's probably so many different examples of that. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking of one and, and you know, these are, are friends of ours and they would not mind me sharing this because we've joked about it uh, since then. But but I remember um, the, the wife, I was just getting ready to go up and preach and she uh, said to me, oh, by the way, my my dad died of that type of cancer. Oh, and right. so I, I was literally getting ready to go up and preach. And when she said that, I, I, I remember I went into the back bathroom uh, there at the church mm. and just looked in the mirror and was like, Lord, help me. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Going up and preaching, that was the last thing I want to do or, or feel like I, I should do yeah. or can do. And so, you know, there were there are comments like that where, where people, uh, when you tell them about a type of cancer, they either tell you the success stories or they tell you, which I like, yeah. or they tell you the stories about um, that, that are not so great. They didn't turn out well. And, and that's one example. And, you know, then I think about um, you know, a friend of mine who I had shared the news with, and it was as if he didn't know what to say, and and so he didn't say anything at all, and so mm-hmm. there was just sort of this awkward silence, and then I just moved the conversation down the road, mm-hmm. sensing he was very uncomfortable with that. Right, you can sense um, when somebody's really uncomfortable, and you don't even know what to do or say, so you just move on. And as as a wife, I can say that. Boy, it's hard when people say the wrong thing because then I spend like two hours. I feel like trying to trying to write Untangle it. it. You yeah, know? well, that's Untangle true. Untangle it. It's okay, honey. That's not what they meant. You know, that's this is what she meant. Exactly. Yeah. So, or they don't understand. It's all right. Anyways, so there are certainly things um, that we can say or just not say anything at all that can be. I, I, I remember Hard. talking to one lady um, before. I just want to throw this one in there too. And I was, she had asked me how I was doing, and and I had just met her, and uh, we were at church, and uh, they were visiting from out of town, and she she asked what I was doing or how I was doing, and so I began to tell her, and I was it, what I thought I was telling her like really encouraging mm. things. I was telling mm-hmm. her about you know how effective the treatment has been, and just you know everything seemed very positive. And I just remember as I was sort of going through the details of how I was doing, the, the, the look on her face was just getting more and more sour. It was almost like, I think we write about this in the book. It was like a, a small animal was, was inside of her oh, loafer just word. gnawing okay. on her toe. <laughs> and so I thought, gosh, am I not doing okay? Like just the look on her face. Right. Um, and so that, that's sort of, you know, in, in the ballpark of what not to say, or what, I guess that would be more what not to do. Right. Well, you're trying to attention interpret to your, your face. Expressions. Right, yeah. you're trying to interpret her body language, and maybe that's just how she looked. It maybe might she not looks have like any... that all the time. I don't know. God bless her. <laughs> oh my word! I'm just so, kidding. so why is it so important for us to know what to say to our friend or to someone that we know, our loved one, our family member who is facing cancer? Why is it so important that we that we just we know what to say and how to say it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we would all agree that there's just no perfect thing to say. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's nothing that anybody can say in that moment 
that is going to, to take away the reality of what you're facing and, mm. and sometimes the pain of what you, you're encountering. And so, you know, on one level, we just need to be really honest and say, hey, we all know that. Like, we all know that, that there are, you know, things that we just can't say that are right. going to completely fix the problem. Yeah, and, and it, I, we have to be honest with that. Yeah. I think even the person who is is facing cancer has to recognize that nobody can fix by what they say, fix what they're going through. And that's a really healthy place to be. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about, um, you know, so, so there's that, that layer, Mm -hmm. if you will, but, but the truth is too, that, I mean, obviously the scriptures talk about the power of words and and our words do matter and they, they carry weight and they can bring great hurt or they can also bring great healing. And there's so many different examples of that, uh, you know, in the Bible, but I, I think of Proverbs 12, you know, verse 18 is just one really good example. Um, and the writer says the words of the reckless pierce like swords. And I just mm. go, Oh, how many times have I been reckless with my words? Um, reckless because I, I either, I just was uncomfortable. I didn't know what to say, or I just was being careless. And, and then the writer goes on to say, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And, and yeah. I think that that's, that's what we're talking about on, on one level. You know, there's nothing we can possibly say that's going to, to take away somebody's pain and suffering, but there are some things to say that are that are better than others, that, mm-hmm. that really do have the power to bring healing and strength and encouragement. And hope. And hope mm-hmm. when somebody's facing, you know, a really dark and, and confusing, disorienting time like like we were. Yeah. And so I think that's why it's so important for us, um, you know, whether we've been through it or not, just to know, like we, there's great power in what we say, and so uh, to be able to talk through what not to say mm-hmm. or what to say, I just think can be really, really helpful because all of us have been on the the other end of a conversation like that, or the other end of a phone call or a text message, and so I think it's just really important, um, you know, just to know uh, what to say or what not to say. Yeah, and I think about, I think once we went through this. I had a whole new perspective and thought about all the times that I didn't say the right thing that because I I had no idea the depth of somebody's yeah. pain. Yeah. And so hopefully this will be helpful to to people listening to understand really how important it is even when we don't understand what somebody's going through to still speak life and hope and peace into their life. Yeah. I mean, I, you're, you're so right. I mean, I, I know uh, my oldest sister, um, Sarah, who had gone through uh, cancer herself years mm-hmm. ago. I remember, you know, saying to her shortly after I was diagnosed, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, you know, what you were going through. I had no idea what you were thinking or feeling. And, you know, I was just totally oblivious uh, to that. And so I remember telling her that. And so you're exactly right. I think uh, there have been so many times where, you know, on this side of cancer, now I wish I could go back and, and say something differently or do something differently. And the, right. and the truth is I, I still can say the wrong thing even even now. Yeah. And that kind of that reminds me of a quote that actually we have in the book um, in the section where we kind of talk about this, where we say your friend doesn't need you to be competent. Your friend needs you to care. And so again, you don't have to have it all right. Uh, they just need to know that you care and you're there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's, that's such an important thing. And so I think sometimes we can get so overwhelmed with, with worrying about, you know, saying the wrong thing. Um, and so again, I think the most important thing that a friend needs to hear 
when they're sharing that news with you is that you care for them, that you are with them, that you love them, you show them compassion. Yes. And, um, and th- that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I just think about the, the story of Job, you know, and I'm sure that, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, folks are very familiar with that, with that old Testament book and just the story of Job and the suffering he mm-hmm. goes through. And, you know, Job's friends oftentimes get a bad rap and, and rightfully so. And I love how in Job chapter two verses or verse 11, you know, it says that, that when Job's three friends, you know, heard about all of the troubles that had come upon him, you know, they set out from their homes and they met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him Mm. and comfort him. And so they just went and they were present with him and they listened to him. They mourned with him. They, they comforted him. And so there's many things that Job's friends did right. And I always, I always sort of chuckle when I think about their story, it's when they started talking is that's when they get themselves in trouble. <laughs> and, um, and so there's a right. lot of things that Job's friends do right there at the beginning of the book, but when they start talking, sometimes they, they don't always say the right thing. And, and I think that's what we're talking yeah. about today. And when you say that part of that scripture where it says they set out from their homes, they met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him, that really means a lot to me when I hear that verse, um, just because I understand how important it is, how important it was for me and for you to have those people, again, who move towards your suffering and not away from your suffering. Because the silence, I feel like, is so hard when you when you don't hear from the friend. I think that was probably one of the things I was most surprised. I don't know about you, but I think that was one of the things I was most surprised about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, walking through uh, the cancer diagnosis and and then the months and you know after that of treatment was was really sometimes the the people that we were close to um, yeah. in the past or you know different relationships that you thought would have said something or done something differently that didn't. There was there was silence there. And, and that took me a long time to sort of understand that and come to grips with that and and um, and recognize and, and really extend grace. That, yes. that that didn't mean people didn't care necessarily. It didn't mean that friends of ours um, you know, didn't really, uh, they weren't concerned about what we were walking through. It was that in many cases, they just didn't know how to handle that, what to say or what to do. But that was one of the biggest surprises mm-hmm. for or me. Or they didn't under, I mean, um, again, a lot of times we just don't understand we the don't. depth of somebody's yep. pain and how hard it is until we've been through it. Yep. And that's honestly one of the reasons I am thankful for this journey, because especially being in ministry, we come across so many people who are suffering. And this gives again, us a whole new perspective on, on suffering and pain and just the depth of that. So, okay, let's talk about, um, let's give some ideas of like, what are helpful things that we can actually say to a friend, um, when they are going through sickness. And when I asked that question immediately, I think of a friend of yours, uh, Michael, who I think we've probably talked about. He's kind of becoming, he's like the third host of this podcast. (laughs) He just doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. Um, (laughs) he is, uh, he is one of Pat's mentors and, um, him and his wife have had an Im- a huge impact on our life over for the and past a, 20 years. a stage four throat cancer survivor. Yes. And so he, um, boy, I am so thankful for Michael because <laughs> when I didn't know what to say, I would say, you need to call Michael or Michael would call. And he called all the yeah, time almost every day. to ask you how you were doing and just listened. And it was so incredible. So maybe, I mean, what are some of the things that Michael said to you? 
can you think of those things? What was it that was so helpful about his relationship with you and him calling you to check in on you? Because I think that that's really, that's like a real picture of what it was yeah. like for somebody to be in your suffering with you and checking on you all the time. Yeah, I, I can, you know, there, there are so many things that, that he said, and you're right. I mean, he called me um, almost every single day just to check yeah. in. How are you doing? Um, how, how are you feeling? Um, you know, where's your head at? Where's your heart at? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and so that was just huge for me in those first couple of weeks, first couple of months. And, and, you know, still today, I mean, obviously we have a close relationship. We still talk almost every week, um, even now. But, you know, one of the things that sticks out to me the most about our early conversations is that he would oftentimes say, I have no idea what you're going through. Mm. And I remember him saying that. And finally, one day I stopped him and said, yes, you do. Mm. Um, you went through cancer. You you, you had your, your throat operated on. You went through chemotherapy. Now, I didn't have those things. His treatment was much worse than mine. But my point was that you've been through cancer, mm-hmm. but I so appreciated that even though he had been through cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment, his point was, I still have no idea what you're going through. My, my journey was different than yeah. yours. And, and so when he was talking to you, because this is actually, I've never asked you this before, and I've been wondering this, so this is perfect timing. When he would talk to you, was he saying was he saying it's going to be okay? You know, like your little, your cheerleader or was he just sympathizing with you in that? Like, what would he say? Yeah. I I think one of the things that, that he said often, um, and it's, you know, I think one of the top things I would encourage anybody to say is I'm so sorry. Mm. And so he he wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to like make it look rosy, like, Hey, you're going to get through. I mean, there was Mm -hmm. definitely encouragement, but he, he would oftentimes text me and say, don't give in to the fear. Um, but, but he would oftentimes say, I'm so sorry. He he would listen Mm -hmm. to me. I would cry on the phone. Um, or when we came up or when he came up, you know, to meet me here in Ann Arbor and we drove around and had lunch you know, he would listen to me, mm-hmm. but, but oftentimes he would just empathize, yeah. um, and, and just listen and say, I'm so sorry. Uh, he would encourage, he would definitely encourage me that you're going to get through this. How you feel today mm. is not going to be how you feel a year from now, two years from now. And so he, he was great at, um, at really not making light of the situation, but also just giving me hope and encouragement and, and really putting things into perspective, yeah. Th- this current reality was not going to be, the you know, final. a final reality. Right. And I think because I can, I can testify that when you would get off the phone with him or I'm spend, a better man. <laughs> <laughs> you were a better man. Yeah, you were though. I was so, so thankful because I, there was only so much I could do and say. And so to have somebody like that, and of course we had many other people as well, but I'm just using Michael as an example, yeah. but, um, to have somebody like that, that I could say, you need to go call Michael. And then for me to see the difference after you talk to him, that's why I think it's so helpful to talk about this because like I said, I've never even asked you yeah. exactly what he said to you. So that's so helpful. Well, I, mean, I, I think with him, he, he wasn't like every time we talked, he wasn't drawing. And my point with that is he wasn't drawing comparisons, even with cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't drawing comparisons about what I was going through and what he had been through. Mm-hmm. And so he was he was allowing me to uh, to share what I was feeling and thinking. And he just did such a good job 
of saying, Hey, I don't know what you're going through, but, but I'm here for you Yeah. and I love you. We're, you're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was one of the things I think he did so, so well. And there were so many, I just think about some of our, you know, uh, our church family that, yes. you know, when I, you know, called, um, you know, many of, uh, of our, um, you know, folks that were part of our church plan at the time were part of that original core team. And so we had called them uh, very early on and, mm-hmm. And uh, they were just so good and gracious and kind. Many of them prayed for me. And so there were so many things that that people did and said that were uh, super helpful early on. Yeah, and certainly, I mean, Scripture, the text messages, the constant text messages uh, of Scripture. And then we had, um, you had a whole night where people were praying over you from our church. Like all of those things, people moved in to our suffering and said, you're not doing this alone. Right. so that means so, so much when you just move towards the suffering and not worry about if you're always going to say the right thing. So what, so specifically then, what are some things that people can say? Just really Yeah, so let's, let's go back specific. to that list. So, you know, one of those we mentioned already with the example of Michael is that I don't know what you're going through. And I think that mm. that can be just such an important thing to state. I know that sounds so silly. And simple, but just to identify, hey, you're, our, our suffering is so unique that we, we can't compare our suffering. And so whether you're going through cancer or a miscarriage or some kind of financial instability or insecurity, like just to be able to say to somebody, I don't know what it's like um, for you to, to be walking through that. Um, I think can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you're going through. Um, I, we mentioned this already, but the second thing would be I, I'm just to say you're sorry. Like, I am yeah. so sorry. I'm sorry that you have to walk through this. Uh, I'm sorry that you have to know this pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a third thing that was really helpful for me were those people that said, I'm going to walk with you through this. Mm. And that was just a, you know, I think a statement of reassurance of like, you know, not only am I sorry, not only do I not know what you're going through, um, but I'm going to walk through it mm-hmm. with you. And whatever that looks like, we're not going anywhere. We're going to stick with you. We're going to stick with your wife, your kids. Yeah. Like that meant the world to me. And then I, I and then the fourth thing that I would add um, is just asking somebody, how can I pray for you? Yes. And so I think that meant, the, I mean, that's one of the greatest things that we can do for somebody in the midst of a cancer diagnosis or some other tragic event is, is to intercede for them and mm-hmm. with them. And so I just remember... Some of the folks that did that when I called them or shared that news is they didn't just say, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. They said, I want to pray for you right now, or how can I yeah. pray for you right now? And um, and they did that. And I think that can be so powerful and so helpful that I know your words can't fix it. Uh, I know your words can't take away the pain or the suffering, but I know that, that God can. And so let's go before his throne together yes. uh, where we can find mercy and grace. Yep. And I, I would say in all of that, do not stop. I think for me, don't stop doing, don't stop reaching out. Don't, you know, I think it's easy to let a few weeks go by, a few months go by. Um, Honestly, the people that consistently reached out every couple days, I had people every single day texting me. Uh, The best thing, honestly, for me were the constant texts with scriptures and people telling me that they were praying. Um, But I wasn't even, you know, I was your wife. I wasn't the one facing cancer. And I can't imagine um, what I'd want to say to someone in that instance. So I want to ask you, is there anything, and we've kind of talked about the things that people um, said and did for us and for you specifically. Is there anything that you wish people would have said 
um, that they didn't say. Yeah. I mean, I know that everybody's so different and I I think a lot of times people, they just assume you don't want to talk about Mm. it. Um, you know, and for me that was cancer. And, and so certainly there are people that walk through, you know, difficult, painful things that they, they don't want to talk about that. And obviously as a friend, you know, that friend, you know, better. And so you can kind of discern that. But I think for the most part, people that walk through difficult things like to talk about it. I mean, we ran into a neighbor, mm-hmm. um, just a couple of weeks ago and, and, you know, he, he has become a, a, a good friend and, um, you know, we were out walking, he was riding bikes with his kids and he even said that he said, Hey, I, I know you probably don't want to talk about this, yeah, but how are you doing? That. Yeah. I um, that. or I, I'm sure people ask you all the time, um, how are you doing? I said, well, actually, they don't. Right. Um, and so I just really appreciated that, that, that he, um, you know, ask, he, he keeps asking. And so I think most people that walk through difficult things really appreciate the people that, that keep mm-hmm. asking. Yeah. And so, um, I think one of the things that, that I've really appreciated, um, in, you know, I think this is what Michael did early on is the question, how are you doing today? Um, mm-hmm. how are you doing, um, you know, this afternoon or tonight, how are you doing emotionally? And I, I think that, that when Michael would ask that question, you know, that's a heart question. Yeah. Um, it's not how are you doing physically, um, but it's how are you doing emotionally? Like, like, where are you, you know, right now, emotionally, spiritually? Are you struggling? Are you hurting? Are you, are you fearful? And so that kind of question just really opened up um, such a great dialogue. And right. so I just, I, I loved that question. I think that can be a great way of showing concern for somebody and and really getting at what it is that they're wrestling with and thinking about. Yeah. And then knowing how to pray for them again, you don't have to, when they tell you how they're feeling emotionally, it's not because I think you, you say that. That's a scary question. (laughs) I'm like, well, I don't know what I'd say to them. It's like, don't look them in the eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask that question. Exactly. So if somebody, you know, asking that question and them sharing that with you doesn't mean you have to have a, a whole list of answers for them. It just means you can say, I am so, so sorry that that's how you're feeling. And I am going to pray that God gives you peace and, you know, whatever it is that they're struggling with emotionally. Um, I just, I think that then we can pray specifically for them in that. Yeah. Again, we, you know, we talk about in the book, how love doesn't let somebody be alone for too long. Mm. And and I Mm -hmm. think that that that's part of that principle is that, that love doesn't let somebody be alone with their own thoughts and their own feelings, um, you know, for too long. And so sometimes just simply asking that question when you see a a friend at church or, you know, you're thinking about them, you pick up the phone and call them. I mean, that's a way of just really drawing out what it is that they're wrestling with. And again, we kind of come back to those, those, you know, four things that we talked about of just saying, I I don't know what that's like, Uh, you know, I'm so sorry. Uh, I love you. I know I've said this to you before, but, but we are with you. We're with mm-hmm. your family. We're here for your kids. Like if there's anything we can do, yes. we're going to do it. And, and how can I just pray for you right now because of what you're struggling with? Yes. I love that. Well, this has been so good. And like we've said, we know it can be so hard to enter that suffering with your friend, but really you can be a lifeline for them and, and they need you. I know that we need those people in our lives. So I would encourage you to, to go towards the suffering and not walk away from it. I think God wants to use suffering in others to not only grow them, but actually to grow us as the person walking through that with them. 
And like we've said, it can be overwhelming and hard to know what to say. And we get that. So I'm really excited to let you know that we put together a simple resource for you called What to Say to Your Friend Who is Facing Cancer. We literally, in this resource, walk you through these things that we've been talking about. We walk you through three things you can say and how you can stand beside them in their pain. And so I'll make sure that we put that link in our show notes. Also, like we've said earlier, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake isn't here until September 8th, but you can pre-order the book today and start reading right now. You can you can read the first three chapters. We have a comprehensive scripture memorization guide for whatever you are facing and exclusive access to a private Facebook group with Pat and I, uh, where we're going to be giving you a peek into our lives and sharing more resources with you over the next few months. So you can head to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or really anywhere books are sold to pre-order your copy, we will be sure to leave the link to the pre-order goodies in the show notes. And we thank you so much for your support in pre-ordering. Wow, what a great conversation today. And as you know, if you've been joining us every week, each week we walk away with a key idea. It's the main takeaway summing up what we've talked about. So today's key idea is... We need to be grateful for those who move toward our suffering and gracious towards those who move away from it. We will also be sure to put that key idea in the show notes as well as anything else we referenced at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwenk or on Facebook. And as if I didn't say it enough already, we are so thrilled you're joining us and we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. If you enjoyed the show today, would you be so kind to leave us a review or a rating and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you soon.